Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Uh, it's good. It's going to be a beautiful day, and Charlie and I just hope today you're just blessed, that you experience God's presence, and that you have a safe day with your family, friends, or whoever it might be. Um, for some people, Christmas can be a tough day. Uh, reminds them of maybe loved ones not around anymore, but we just pray God's peace over you. And uh, yeah, we just believe that today will be a blessed day for everybody. Amen. It's good to be back. Last week, we were back our first Sunday preaching. Charlie and I have been away uh, gallivanting around Europe, um, which has been amazing. But it's good to be home. There's no place like Australia. Yeah. Turn to your neighbour and say, G'day. G'day. There's no place like home. It is double demerit points, in case you didn't know. And this morning, I drove past um, a speed trap, but it was one of those private speed trap people. And I've got to confess something. I went down my window and I went, I gave them the thumbs down. It's Christmas morning. And then if there's any police here, I'm sorry, but I spent a while flashing people coming with my high beams. And they all went, thank you, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry. So that was, my, that was my gift to them. That was, that was my generosity. Has anybody been enjoying the Christmas carols at home? In particular, my wife is a Christmas fiend, if that's the right word. She, uh, she would start celebrating Christmas from tomorrow, if she could, for next year. Um, no doubt about that. And we have been cranking out the Christmas carols. I am a little bit um, over oh, controversial Mariah Carey's Christmas <laughs> carols. Anybody else in the house? Oh, that was a trap. Oh, you guys are evil. How could you hate Mariah Carey? Gee. But on the way in this morning, I had Celine Dion, Oh Holy Night, playing. And, and you might laugh at that, but I tell you, if you can match her end note for Noel, she sings, Oh Holy Night, your law is love and your gospel is peace. That one, that, that Christmas carol. And when I first heard the end note... I couldn't reach the extent of its height, nor depth. But by the time I drove into Bellevue Street, I could match both its height and its depth. And so I challenge you today, on your way home, to put on Oh Holy Night by Celine Dion. And when she lets out the, the beautiful Noel at the end, there is one more to come. It is the last Noel. And I want to see if you can match the greatness of Celine Dion. Who thought I was so passionate about Celine Dion? I think I blew my voice out nearly, but I didn't, which is good. Does anybody else do that in their car as well? Come on, be real, be real. <laughs> this is like confession morning right here. Why don't you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2? Today is a shorter service. Next week, New Year's Day, we, uh, we just wanted to 
have just one Sunday where we want to encourage our church in particular to have a family day. So next Sunday morning for New Year's, I encourage you, don't go off and do things on your own. Spend time with your family. Spend time in God's presence together and, uh, and have a much-needed, probably, time together, a lot of us, after the busy Christmas season. And we have our anointing service on the 8th of January, and I want to encourage every single person here, if you live locally, to make sure you're here with your family for that service, because there's no better way to start the new year with getting a fresh word from God. And I've already, in my heart, I believe God's spoken to me about our family for 2023, and I actually believe God's given me a word about our church for 2023. And that Sunday, we're going to be praying for everybody who wants to be prayed for, believing for a fresh anointing for 2023. And if you um, can bring your family along, what happens is you can get prayer as a family. And we actually anoint you with oil. It's just a little dab. And it represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we pray over you and we declare a fresh impartation for a fresh year. Does that sound good? Beautiful. I think it's going to be a powerful service. So make sure you come out to that and bring your family along. It's going to be great. Let's look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. It says this. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, the Magi or anyone, is it pronounced Maggie or Magi? Can I show of hands for Maggie's? Show of hands for Maggie's. Magi? MacGyver? Okay. Um, I'll go with Maggie. Why not? From the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him, when, they, when he had heard together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be a shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How cool is that? I love this story. I think it's a powerful story. And I love the different elements that we see in this story. There's so many things to consider when we come to Christmas um, and when it comes to the life of Jesus, when it comes to the birth of our Saviour. We just read there that he came from a town 
which wasn't an honourable town, but greatness came from that town. But now if you notice that, he, didn't, he wasn't born in Jerusalem, he was born in Bethlehem. It doesn't matter where you've come from, it matters what God's doing in your life. It doesn't matter the shame of yesterday, what matters is what God is doing in your life today. Can I hear an amen? You see, God has anointed us for a fresh uh, season to bring that law of love and the gospel of peace. And today's message is actually entitled, Prepared for Greatness. Prepared for Greatness. And I want to look at the, the Magi, or the Maggie, Magi. I want to look at them for a moment because it's so easy to skip over this story that we have to understand that these wise men spent years and years of preparation for a moment of greatness. Do you know that God is preparing you for moments of greatness? Can I hear an amen? Because he is doing things in and through your heart. He is giving you testimonies for moments of kingdom greatness. <laughs> Even the times you feel like you're failing or the times you're going through trials, there is preparation for great moments ahead. And if you think about these wise men, they spent their whole life studying and preparing themselves for a moment where they could present the very first time of worship to the King of Kings. You imagine if you were the very first worshipper of Jesus in the flesh. Think about that. You imagine if Josh, you were asked, okay, Jesus is going to be born. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the King of all the universe. You're going to worship him today. Imagine the preparation in your heart. It wouldn't be just a, oh, yeah, I'll turn up. Hey, what's in my pockets? Hey, what, what's, do I have time? Is it leftovers? No, no, I guarantee you, Josh, I'm going to pick on him because he's right in the middle, would spend time praying, intercessory prayer. God, what is it that is worthy of the King of Kings? What is worthy of the Lord of Lords? Who am I as a man, a man with flaws? Who am I to come and present gifts to the King of Kings? And these three men had this amazing privilege to present worship, a moment of greatness. Hey, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. You see, God is preparing you for the same encounters with him. Moments of greatness. I love that. Let's just talk about these magi for a second. These guys were the smartest of the smart. These guys were the wisest of the wise. You know that they think that Daniel, in the book of Daniel, was a magi or magi. It's still getting mixed up. If you remember, the king got him into what? Interpret dreams. And these guys were the guys that kings and royalty would get in to give wisdom and to look at the astrology of the stars and to give insight into greater thought process than the average man. These were the wisest men of the land. The Greek word magi indicates these men were astrologers and interpreters of dreams who would present themselves before kings and royalty. They were men of great training 
there were men of high regard. There were men who took time and effort to become the best of the best. The kings were in the habit of gathering these guys to be advisors in the kingdom. They were the dreamers. They were the stargazers. They were the wise men. They were the ones that the king, when the king couldn't work out what to do, were called in. And so it was only fitting that they were called to present gifts to Jesus. Today, my heart for us all is this, that we'll understand that the power of worship isn't just in the act of worship, it's in the preparation for worship. (laughs) The power of these three men wasn't just in the fact they gave great, amazing royal gifts, it was that they spent their whole lives preparing for the moment. I think that's pretty cool. This Christmas, my challenge to us all is this. Have we taken time to prepare our hearts to present gifts to our King of Kings? Have we taken time, even today, before we got to church, to prepare ourselves and say, Lord, today is yours. This moment is yours. I come before you with gifts. There's a reason why we we give financially, even if Christmas wasn't on a Sunday. We encourage the church to take a moment to present their gifts financially. It's a special day of celebration. The three gifts they gave presented three powerful things. They gave what? Gold. They gave frankincense and myrrh. Why? Because gold represented royalty. Frankincense represented a ceremonial uh, part of worship. And myrrh was used as an anointing oil. Did you know that? They weren't just random gifts. They were declarations of the prophetic. I know it's warm this morning, but stay with me. These wise men understood something. That the gifts they gave weren't just for the moment. They were prophetically declaring what was to come. Because we have to understand the preparation in our lives that God is doing is presenting us and getting us ready for a place of greatness where we start to speak prophetically what God has and see what God has beyond just the now. (laughs) Why is it important that you spend time with the Lord and get a word for the new year? Because it's important that God's leading you somewhere. He wants to take us to places we haven't been before. He wants to lead us by faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. It comes by the rhema, by hearing the quickening of the spirit. It comes by spending time with him. And these men, they had a prophetic insight that when they saw the stars, they knew that's not just an everyday star. That is going to lead us to the king of kings. I wonder how many of us today would be classed as the wise men or wise women. I wonder how many of us are preparing our hearts in such a way that when we see the moment, we recognize it. Because I tell you, I find that most people I meet, including myself sometimes, we actually go, we're so caught up in the noise around us. We're like the people of Israel in the desert in the Old Testament and they just go round in circles, getting caught up in things that don't matter when there is a promise God has. 
So this Christmas, and by the way, I got this message in a really strange way. Last week of our trip, we're in London for six days. And we go there because it's Christmas and all the Christmas markets. On day two of being there, Bear, my son and I, get hit with this horrendous flu. Really bad flu. You know those really bad ones that knock you out? I was, we were both bedridden the whole time pretty much we were in London. And it was vomiting, it was temperature, it was, it was coughing, it was all that stuff. And I remember just laying in bed and I felt like God gave me a word about Christmas Day. And the word was a Christmas of preparation. Knowing that there is more power or just as much power in the preparation as there is in the actual act. And sorry about the uh, slides, guys. I'm just going to jump around a bit. But today is Christmas Day, and there's no doubt if you're hosting Christmas, you have put a lot of thought into today. I'll give you a couple of things. We're hosting Christmas at our house. Are the gardens done? Is the lawn mowed? In our street yesterday, I reckon every second house, there was a guy mowing a lawn yesterday. (laughs) In the heat. Is the floor clean? Has it been mopped? Is there any, has it been vacuumed? Are the bathrooms clean? Is there toilet paper? Is there a little candle you can light so when someone goes there after lunch, they feel like there's going to be a candle to help their process? In our house, we go all the way to the level of, is there a playlist ready? Are there speakers that are going to be positioned right? Are there enough chairs? Has the kids' table got shade? And then if you have extra time, you start thinking about, does the dog need a bath? (laughs) Is there ice for the drinks? Is there a Red Bull that I can have at 1 p.m. because I need to get a bunch of energy? We go through, that's only a small, not to mention the food, not to mention the gift giving. In our house, we have a tradition every year called the, the, well, it's, it's actually bigger than the holidays now, but it used to be called the holiday chocolate sloth, where we sit in a big circle and everyone gets a big bag of, fa- a big box of favorites. And then once the market opens, people just start bartering passionately. Three Turkish delights for one caramello. And it gets so heated that people are yelling. The kids are going crazy. It's just a holiday tradition. It's now the Watsons do it because they're with us this year. The Phillips do it. We all do it and it's a moment of greatness. But once that you know who, the, you know who the, the best at this game is, by the way? Anyone know? Who here knows my mum? Okay, she's really sweet and she's kind of quiet. She is sly. She's going around. She's, by the end of it, she's overflowing her box. And then every year she says the same thing. Oh, everyone, hey, I'm going to put it in the fridge. If you want to help yourself, just help yourself. I don't really care. But I say, she knows how to do a deal. My box is half empty. Hers is overflowing. 
The reason, though, why we do all that isn't because it's a burden. We do it because when you care, you prepare. <laughs> when you were gift shopping this year, I guarantee you that most of us put a lot of thought into the gifts. You think about it. You research it. You're going shopping. You're looking at things. You're trying to think, what would that person like? Do they need that? Would they like that? What if they don't like that? And you go through this process. <laughs> I was in town on Thursday. My one time. I told you last Sunday. I'll give it one day in town this week. And the rest is Amazon online. One day to support local shops. Why am I saying this? Too bad. And I did it. And the crowds were crazy. People drive like maniacs this time of the year. Have you noticed? Tourists are going crazy. They're already here. If you're here, you're a tourist. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is this, is that we prepare when we care. And the more you care, often the more you prepare. And when it comes to Christ, and when it comes to kingdom, when it comes to Christmas, we must make sure that we come before him with hearts that have prepared. That it isn't Jesus is at the end of the list. Church is at the end of the list. These things become extras if we have time or energy. No, no, they should be number one. Because he is number one, amen? Christ is not a leftover thought. Is this okay this morning? Here's a couple of things just to just to give you. When it came to the the Magi, they actually gave three things in preparation. The first thing is that they actually gave their life of study for a moment of greatness. These guys gave a lot of time and effort just to be ready for a moment with the king. It wasn't just two hours on a Sunday. It wasn't just a 20-minute quiet time at home every day. These guys spent their whole life studying so that they were equipped for a, a moment of greatness. Talk about sacrifice, hey. Talk about giving. Talk about worship. You know, the second thing is that they gave in travel. Scholars believe that they actually traveled two to three years for this moment of worship. Did you know that? You know, Jesus was my son's age probably. They got the kid up here with the microphone that chucked it. We think that they were there when he was born. But it's actually believed that they started their journey when he was born. And that he was actually a two to three year old when they presented their gifts to him. How cool is that? They were from the east. Some believe either Persia, Babylon or the Arabian Desert. And if they were from Persia, it was a 1,400-mile journey. The Babylonian or uh, to Bethlehem was 600 miles and the Arabian Desert was similar. Can you imagine giving up years to travel 
just for one moment of worship. This is Christmas. This is us today. Sometimes we get upset because the drive to church is a bit too long. There's a bit of traffic today. Oh, I'm very upset. Imagine being on a horse or a camel for two to three years. Away from your family, away from every, Just for a moment with a toddler. And if you've met a toddler, you know that they can be a bit challenging. I'm telling you, I don't think Jesus was the perfect toddler. Don't know how that works in theology, but I don't think he was. Who knows what he did with the goal that was given to him? Maybe it was like my son this morning when he got upset and chucked his present across the room in frustration. (laughs) He didn't know how to work it, so he got frustrated. The third thing is this. They gave from their culture what was most valuable. Gold, frankincense and myrrh, the three very valuable things. Some scholars believe it was so valuable that it actually set off Joseph and Mary financially. It changed the course of their finance for their life because of what was given to them. Why? You think about it. It was a royal gift given to a royal child. It wasn't a secret Santa from Kmart. It was a royal gift. I've got to round up. When we care, we prepare. The amount that we prepare shows the amount that we care. And we have to understand that worship isn't just about the act. It's about the process of preparation. Think about that one with me. We think often that worship is sing some songs, lift our hands for a few minutes on a Sunday. No, no, no. The process of preparation is just as important as the act Think about the story of the Magi. They gave out of two to three years of preparation with their travel for one moment. They gave out of their whole life of study for one moment. Why? Because that gave it credence and power, the preparation. So when it comes to Christmas, I want to encourage you and I to make sure that we have hearts of preparation when it comes to honouring him. Do you know that the day before the Sabbath in the Jewish culture is called the day of preparation? This is how big a deal this is. That there is a day set apart to get ready for the Sabbath because on the Sabbath you can't work, you can't cook, you can't do certain things. So you have to have a day set apart to prepare for a holy day. It is a kingdom attribute. And so when it comes to us in the Western church today and now, We have to make sure that we have days of preparation. I tell you, this church will explode with the fire and the presence of God when we have hearts that know how to prepare well. When what we do isn't an afterthought or isn't an extra, but instead we have a life of process of preparation. So what is our Christmas response, church? How can we come before Christ with prepared hearts this Christmas? How can we be like the Magi who spent years of preparation for one moment of greatness? What can we offer him today, church?
what can we give him? Because we can't give him gold, frankincense, and myrrh today. But we can give him something else. And if you've got your Bible, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says this. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what the will of God is, the perfect and acceptable will of God. What can we do this morning in conclusion, this Christmas? How can we offer the King of Kings what he is worthy to receive? Like I said, it's hard to offer him gold, frankincense and myrrh this morning. If you want to try to do that, go ahead. Don't know where you can source some frankincense and myrrh, but have a go. No, in the kingdom, we have only one response that he asked for, to be living sacrifices. To be a living sacrifice that offers not just my leftovers, not just my half a day on a Sunday, not just my extra thought if I have time, no, no, someone who goes, I will offer myself as a living sacrifice with a sacrifice being something that costs you everything. He doesn't want just your arm in sacrifice. He doesn't just want your head in sacrifice. He doesn't just want your leg. He wants all of you. And he wants all of me. And so this Christmas, what I want us to do in our hearts is this. It's just like the magi came before him, just like they prepared for a moment of greatness. I want us to have our moment of greatness this morning. And how do we do that? We come before him. We come before him afresh. And we say, Lord, today is about you. And I offer myself as a living sacrifice, set apart, not like the world, but set apart for you. Consume me with your fire. Consume me with your presence. Set me apart for your good works and your will. Because a person who is a living sacrifice is a person who will change the world. A living sacrifice is someone who is consumed by him. And I'll finish with this. Last week was my first message back after not preaching for three months. And I thought, what do I speak on? What do I, the church is going to be wondering, what, what's he going to say after three months? And all I could talk about was creating moments on the mountain with God. And I prayed this week, church, you took that on board and you've been having mountain moments all week. There's nothing better. And today, being Christmas, yes, there's going to be lots of food today. Yes, there's going to be gifts. Yes, there's going to be family moments. But firstly, we have to make sure that we have hearts that are prepared to say, you are worthy of it all, Jesus. You are number one today. Let us be like the magic who came and presented royal gifts to the royal king. So why don't we stand to our feet as we finish. And let's just, let's just do this for a second. Thank you, Lord.
why don't you just, if, if this message this morning is just really, if you want to respond by being living sacrifices, just lift your hands to heaven. And just for a moment, just say, Lord, I surrender as a living sacrifice. This Christmas, I present myself to you as frankincense and myrrh and gold. I, I give you myself. You are worthy. Accept me as a living sacrifice. And if you're here and you have never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, or you have and you've walked away this morning, in this moment, just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I give you my heart. Help me to follow you. Forgive me of my sin. Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. And present yourself afresh. And if you've been a Christian for years or even decades, in this moment, present yourself afresh. Living sacrifices this Christmas with hearts of preparation for a moment of greatness, a moment of worship. Thank you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. Why don't, you just, why, don't, why don't we just pray together a prayer of surrender and a prayer of living sacrifice. Let's pray, Heavenly Father, I surrender all as a living sacrifice. And this Christmas, I surrender afresh everything of me as a gift to you May you receive the gift and fill me with your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. You know, if you're here with your spouse, I just encourage you to take them by the hand. I'm going to pray a blessing over you as we go. And if you're here by yourself, just lift your hands to heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for this amazing church community. Father, I pray, Lord, for everyone, for those who couldn't be here as well. Father, we pray your blessing over them. Lord, I pray for protection over them. I pray, Lord, for safety over every person in this holiday season. And Lord, I pray for mountain moments where if we get away with you and meet you on the mountain face to face, where you can change our lives. Father, set this church on fire, I pray, in Jesus' name. And we just say we love you, Lord. We bless you. We honor you. It's all about you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey guys, be blessed. Have a great Christmas and uh, be safe in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.